I'm grocery shopping, when I'm prepping, when I'm making cleaning dishes, all of that, it's my love that I'm putting into to my clients' meals. And I know that they can feel that when it comes out. Yeah. You have more power over your health than what you've been told. This is the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions Podcast, and I'm your host, Maya Acosta. I'm passionate about finding healthy lifestyle solutions to support optimal human health. If you're willing to go with me, together we can discover how simple lifestyle choices can help improve our quality of life and increase longevity in a big way. Let's get started. You would probably agree with me that most people would eat healthier if they simply had a personal chef. Well, today's guest, Jess Wilson, will discuss her love and passion for feeding people nutritious foods through her business, Evolved Meals. These are foods that are plant-based, organic, gluten-free, and delicious. Stay tuned as I feature more Dallasites in the next few episodes. You can learn more about Jess, her full bio, and links at our website, healthylifestylesolutions.org. I hope that you enjoy this episode. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. We're sitting here in my home studio, and I'm excited to have you. You're here in Dallas. I am. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we are going to learn about Evolved Meals. That's a meal prep prep, uh, company that you started, I think you said, right before the pandemic. Right before. uh Tell us about it. Three weeks before, actually. Oh, my God. Um, It was actually not intended to be a business. So... um, I, I started it as a hobby just to kind of help people eat healthier. And then the pandemic happened and people were looking for delivery, right? So um, I just thought, well, I'll, I'll make it into a business. I'll have free delivery. People will be able to get healthy food. And at the time, I thought it'll just be a side business and I won't have to worry about closing my other business, which is another topic, but um, then it blew up because the pandemic happened and here we are. The food industry seems like was protected. Well, unless you had an actual restaurant. I was going to say. Okay. (laughs) But um, many small businesses did not survive. No. And instead you thrived. I did. Yeah. People just needed and wanted delivery service because when you go when you would go out, everything was closed. Right. So offering free delivery was perfect for people. And so people were, weren't necessarily seeking out plant-based food or vegan food. They were just seeking out delivered food. And I fell into that category. So then once people saw vegan or plant-based, then they were like, wait a minute, we don't have this in Dallas. You know, I mean, there might be a few people that do it, but we're very rare. And I think that's just why I got, I was very lucky. I was very fortunate just Mm -hmm. to fall in at the right place, the right time. And, um, my past life, I was an interior designer and I had a design firm and I ended up being so busy that I had to close my design firm. So, um, I, I never intended that to happen. Food is a passion of mine and, and creating healthy meals for people. I have loved doing that forever, but I never in a million years thought I would be doing it for a business. Right. So, but I, I absolutely love it. It is such a passion and it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't, you know, yeah. it's, it's so, it brings me so much joy to just service others. And I think that I was missing that. And I've been given like a second opportunity, you know, in life to do something that I love. What a blessing. What a blessing. 
You've said that you sort of don't even really advertise. You must have a nice community that you're already connected with that maybe you were advertising to, or how, how did this work? Um, gosh, I don't even know, to be 100% honest. Instagram was really where it started. Um, when I first did it, I had a weekend that I made 100 meals um, in one weekend just to give out to people. So it wasn't for profit. It was just eat this plant-based food, see what you think about it, you know, tell me your thoughts. And I posted a picture on my personal Instagram page. And within, I want to say it was an hour, I had like 20 people write a comment saying, where do I sign up? How much is a membership? <laughs> and I thought, I don't know, you know, this, this is not what this is about. I'm just trying to see who's interested. So I thought, okay, well, next weekend, I'll take orders and see, you know, where we're at. So I took orders. I had 400 meals that I made in one weekend by myself for no profit. And after that, I looked at my husband and I was like, okay, I mean, I guess we're starting a business, you know? Um, And even then I thought it's going to be a side business. I'm not really going to have a lot of customers. This is such a niche industry. Nobody's going to want, you know, this food because not only am I vegan, but I'm oil-free, I'm gluten-free, I'm completely organic. I'm no, I'm sugar free. So, I mean, that it's not something that a lot of people seek out. Right? And, um, I just, I'm so blessed, honestly, I'm so, I'm so lucky and fortunate and all the things to be where I'm at because the need for food like that is, is so great. And I honestly did not know how many people were seeking that out. Mm-hmm. And now I do. Right. You know? <laughs> yes. I, you know, we've said in the past that, People will eat healthier if someone else cooks for them. Absolutely. You know, if I could have someone else preparing meals for me, I wouldn't fight that at all. Mm -hmm. I would just, you know, because I get tired sometimes of cooking. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And I do enjoy good food. And now you're doing so well that not only are you not really having to advertise, but you have a waiting list. Mm -hmm. I do. Oh, my. Um, Well, so fast forward, when I first started Evolved, I wanted to be a platform where anyone could buy the food. I wanted to make it available to as many people as possible. So the original idea was like a brick and mortar where people could just come and and grab, like grab and go food Mm -hmm. and it would be offered. But as I started doing that and I was in a commercial kitchen and I was Mm -hmm. by myself and I was pumping out 400 meals a weekend, Mm -hmm. I mean, I would find myself in that kitchen for 24 hours straight sometimes, not seeing daylight because the kitchen has no windows and I was exhausting myself and I wasn't happy and it wasn't, it began to become like a drain on me versus fueling me. Right. And I thought this is not what I wanted. This is not why I started this business, Mm -hmm. even though it was, it brought me great joy to bring that many people plant-based food. It wasn't, it it wasn't um, creative anymore for me. It was just Mm kind of like meal, 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 you know, how, how many meals can I get out? How many people can I serve? And I got, I got very overwhelmed and I got just very burned out quickly. So um, last year I reformed the business to be a private chef service. So I said, I'm only going to take on 15 clients at a time. And um, obviously with that comes higher prices, but it also comes with like customizable options, right? So I can pick one person and 
find out what are their needs. Mm-hmm. Are they, do they have dietary restrictions or are they trying to lose weight or are they working with the doctor and they need special things in their diet or can't have things? Well, when you only have 15 clients, you can do that with each person. So now I'm able to really be specialized to the client versus them just having the same thing everybody else is having, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what I'm really passionate about. My passion comes from really being able to tap into people's health, right? And yes. just like, how do I better serve this person? How can I bring them 100% of what they're looking for and what they need? Mm-hmm. You want to show people that you can eat healthy and plant-based and you're not missing anything, right? Because I yes. think when people go plant-based or when they think of the idea of vegan, they think, oh, gross, no flavor, you right. know, <laughs> um, boring food. And let me tell you, my food is anything but boring. And it's it's intended to be that way, right? So people eat it even if they're not plant-based and they want more and they don't miss anything. And they're not like, I'm missing meat or, you know, where's where's the chicken? Where's the beef? Right. I have never had anyone say to me, this is really delicious, but I wish it had meat, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I love cooking for people at my house for the same reason, just to be able to service them, service their yes. health, but also to show them there is a life outside of what you know and what you have been ingrained to think about food. Yes. Right? Yes. So now, uh, you went, you changed your, your service, you mm-hmm. changed your company to only service a smaller uh, group of people so that you can be of greater benefit. Mm-hmm. Uh, where are your customers? We're in Dallas, so I'm in central Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, I know that you don't deliver outside of, say, um, I think 15 mile range, you charge a little bit extra, I think. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to keep them in a certain pocket. They don't necessarily have to be plant-based, right? No. Um, okay, so... I service 15, um, up to 15 miles from my house, but then I just increased it up to 30 miles because there is a need that is in Plano, Frisco, Allen, McKinney. And people were emailing me asking, you know, we want to be a part of your service, but this is where I live. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like, no, I cannot go that far because when do I cap it off? Right. Where's the off switch? Um, but I just thought I want to be able to help these people. You know, I, I work with an Ayurvedic doctor and she sends her clients my way and they are people who desperately need what I'm doing. And if I'm not available to them, then how am I, how am I being, you know, really of service? Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, Allen, I think is the farthest I go north. And then I have like Las Colinas, um, Colleyville you know, a couple other places outside, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. 30 miles is my max. Right. Right. I don't <laughs> and I cannot it. increase that because right. 30 miles is a long way. Not only, way. <laughs> and then we're talking about the Dallas traffic. Mm-hmm. My God, mm-hmm. I plan my whole life around traffic around here. Right. We're not too far from the 75 yeah. and that's where I would need to go if I wanted to go North or South. And I, I plan my whole entire life. Like when can I get out by what time do I need to finish, you know, my errands? Because then I'm back here hiding out <laughs> from the traffic. I mean, I live off the tollway, so it's the exact same right, thing. Right, yeah. You're just, and going north to Frisco Plano is 
a beating if you're trying to go anytime after 3 p.m. Right. Forget it. So (laughs) yes, I time my deliveries around traffic and I time them strategically, which, you know, where I go, where and right. But it is a full day of delivering. So it's nine to four, three or four, depending on the day. And I'm in my car the entire time delivering. Wow. So what does a week look like? What Which days are you grocery shopping? Which days are you meal prepping? And when are you delivering? Or does it change from time to time? It's the same every week. Okay. All, all my clients get deliveries on Tuesday. Okay. Uh, so to backtrack from there, I grocery shop on Saturday. Mm. And it's a typically like three grocery stores, sometimes four or five, depending on the availability of items. Mm -hmm. And then Sunday, Monday, I am in the kitchen all day. It's typically 12 to 14 hour days. Wow. And then Tuesday I deliver, but then I have the rest of the week to plan more meals or create new recipes or something like that. Yeah. yeah. That's great. I love it. You choose foods that are in season that are organic. Mm-hmm. Do the managers of the stores now work with you? Do they know that you'll be stopping by? Do you have sort of, sort of a partnership with them yet? <laughs> I don't have a partnership. I wish I did. I wish I had a discounted <laughs> partnership. Um, but they all know me. Yes. Every Saturday, they are ready for me to be there with my giant basket full of items. Um, but the other thing we do is my husband started a garden at the beginning of COVID. So 2020. And he just started it as a hobby. He was never into gardening. He knew nothing about gardening. He just thought, I need something that's like outdoors. So he started doing all this research on gardening, started a small one in the backyard, and then moved to the front yard. And we have a giant garden in our front yard in the middle of like the heart of Dallas. And I, at first I was like, oh my gosh, what are we getting into? Our neighbors are going to be so angry. It's going to be this, you know, out just grown everywhere or something, but it wasn't, he has meticulously planted everything to make it so beautiful. So he grows everything from seed. Um, He buys only heirloom seeds, all organic. So he knows where everything comes from, from the seed to the plate. So, and it is, I mean, it's magical. It is so amazing to watch it just grow. And then I get to go out and pick it and cook it. And it tastes like nothing. I mean, you know, you don't, when you don't grow up like that, when you don't grow on up on a farm, you're a city girl, you only know grocery stores. Yes. You have no idea what real vegetables taste like. So our first crop was I want to say it was like kale or chard or something. So it was real basic, but we took a bite of it and we both looked at each other and we were like, <laughs> what is, what is this? And then the second thing he grew were cantaloupe and he created this like arch and they hung from the arch and it was so beautiful. And then we took a bite of it and we both looked at each other and we were like, we have never had anything that tastes this good. <laughs> so So the goal for him is to be able to grow everything that I need for my clients. That's the goal. So it's, it's a lengthy and very large goal, but I know that we'll get there. Um, We're currently looking for land so that we can have vast opportunity to grow as much as possible. Um, And then partner with other people who do grow things that we necessarily can't grow, you know, on our land. So I'm still always looking for those connections. Um, Microgreens was the same thing. I made a connection with someone at a farmer's market who he grew 
organic microgreens. And now my husband has taken that on. So now I can just go out and chop my microgreens and put it on my plate. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, everything is organic and very handpicked. And if it's not produce, it is the top of the line products. So I make sure that I read about everything that I use. I do research on the company and see what their practices are. So mm -hmm. it is very fine products. Yes. Yeah. And another thing to that you have considered is gluten. Yes. So your meals are gluten-free, mm -hmm. which um, a lot of people tend to say, you know, that they struggle with. So at least that's not a limiting factor for you as well. Yeah. My husband started a microgreen little hydroponic system uh -huh. during the pandemic in 2020. That was his little hobby. <laughs> we loved it. And we're getting ready to start it again. But we were waiting for sort of the cold days to go because it's hard to enjoy yeah. some things. Um, but I think we're now off to a good start. And um, we started with the microgreens. And then we did, um, we grew a variety of different peppers and tomatoes and and lettuces. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you because I wasn't really raised that way. But we come from families that have green thumbs that grow their own fruit and things like that. Yeah. So and he definitely has a green thumb. So he's the one that introduced me. And I agree with you. It was, um, it's such a beautiful experience to know that you saw something grow from a seed. Mm -hmm. It's and that you can just pick it and eat it. And right. it's your, you know, it's yours. It's almost, it's, it's a weird experience yes. for me. It was very, the first time I went out to the garden and I had my little bowl and my scissors and I'm just cutting things for my clients. And I just had this very, I don't know, out of body experience. Right. Like what is happening right now? <laughs> this is not something I would have ever imagined myself doing, but it is so spectacular to do it because yes. then to be able to tell my client, I have watched this thing grow from a baby seed and now it's a ginormous broccoli, you know, and not only are you nurturing yourself with your food, but it's also nurturing to grow the food, right? To be outside yes. in the elements. And yes. that's not, and I'll be real honest, that's not my thing. I, I am not the gardener. I do not like to get my hands dirty like that. <laughs> so it works out great that my husband loves it. So right. he he does all the work and I get to really enjoy the work that he does. Awesome. So, yeah. It sounds like you have a good system. With it is a good system. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. All right. So let's start um, back to how you even became aware of plant-based foods. And I wondered, are you from Dallas? I don't know if I had asked you that before, but have you been here most of your life? Nope. Okay. I'm from Houston. Um, moved here with my husband. Well, my husband was here. So I met him 19 years ago in Houston. He was working on a job and we just became friends and then friends turned into a, re a relationship. And then, um, he moved me here, uh, when my daughter was in third grade. And so she just turned 20. So we've okay. been here for a long time. God, you look so young to have but, uh, a 20 thank year. You. you probably hear that a lot. I do, but <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> So I've been here for a long time. I love Dallas. I would never move back to Houston. It just, this is my home. Mm -hmm. um, but if I could move to another state, I probably would. Uh, just, just something that has more nature, I think. So yes, you love it here, yeah. but you wish there were, there was a little more vegetation yeah. in a sense. And, and just more community, you know, because I find that we, we kind of stick to our own. We're very sheltered. We're very secluded. We don't kind of venture out and make new friends with people. And I never used to be that person, to be honest with you, but I have really grown to be that person. And I, and I love community and I love just being out there and, and yes. meeting people. Um, 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, so Dallas is where I learned about veganism. Okay. I'm here and this is where I became vegan. What's your story? <laughs> um, nine years ago, I met uh, a woman who was a personal trainer and I was looking for a personal trainer at, at the time where we lived. And we started working out together and she was very knowledgeable on vegan and vegetarian because that's what she was. Mm -hmm. But at the time I was not. And I grew up in the fitness world. I was a cheerleader. I competed in cheerleading. I was a volleyball player. And then I became an avid gym goer, you know, at early age. So all I knew was the diet that you are taught when you're in fitness, which is like grilled chicken, broccoli, brown rice. That's what you eat Mm -hmm. all day, every day. You don't veer from that. You know, you have to have your protein, your carbs, your, you know, vegetables, all of that stuff. So that's what I was eating. And I was very strict about it. And I was having a lot of stomach issues and just finding that I couldn't, I couldn't like excel in my workouts. I just was very stagnant. So she said, have you ever thought of going vegetarian? Just try. Um, And I thought, what's it going to hurt to try, right? So I'll try. So she said, do it for a month. See how you feel. A month later, I had never felt better in my whole life. And I was only vegetarian at the time. So I was still eating eggs. I was still eating dairy, but just no meat. And so then she said, okay, well, keep going. You know, if you feel good, don't change it. So I kept going. I stayed vegetarian for a long time. And then when I tried to introduce chicken and fish back into my diet, my body rejected it. So I think it was just like, no, thank you. You know, (laughs) we're doing good without this. We don't need you to put it back in. So then I continued on vegetarian. And then one day I thought, okay, let me give this vegan thing a shot. Just see what happens. I was like everybody else. Cheese? Like, how am I going to give up cheese? You know, I love cheese. I was never a milk drinker, so that wasn't an issue. Um, But cheese was a big one and eggs were a big one for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I tried multiple times mm-hmm. over the course of, you know, however long to, to go fully vegan. And I finally started watching videos about where our food comes from, because about six years ago, I just got really, really interested in how our food is processed, how it's grown and food by, I mean, like meat, everything, I mean, everything really. So I started diving into videos. And once you do that, you cannot go back. I mean, once you see something like that, it, uh, you cannot unsee it. At least I can't. And so that's where it started. That's where it ended for me. I thought I could never put that in my mouth again, knowing what I know now, not only about the environment, not only about animals, but also about my health. I mean, mm-hmm. once you know that information, I, I just think to myself, how could anyone ever, ever continue to eat that way? Right. So I think I've been fully vegan for, I want to say five years. My husband was meat eater all the way. (laughs) And three, three years ago in February, he said, he came to me and he said, you know what? I think I'm going to stop eating meat right now just to help you because you're cooking all these meals. And I was cooking multiple meals, a meal for me, a meal for my daughter and a meal for him because we were all eating different things. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm just going to make it easy on you, right? I'm just make me what you're eating. And that's it. If I feel like I need meat, I'll ask you to make it. So I'm like, okay, great. You know, (laughs) awesome. From that moment on that day, he has not touched meat or dairy any animal product 
since that day. Oh my God. He is the only person that I know that just cold turkey went vegan like that. I don't know anyone else who didn't have a gradual transition, but he was the same. He never had the correlation of where the food is coming from, even though I told him repeatedly, you know, watch this video or let me tell you about the chickens or, you know, and he just wasn't having it. And he finally watched a video and he was the same way I was. He said, how, how do I not know this? How has this been a secret for the last 47, 46 years of my life? Mm -hmm. And I said, that's why everybody is not vegan yet because they don't know. That's all it is, is they're not informed mm -hmm. or that's a part of us that we just don't want to know when it's sort of becoming introduced to us, mm -hmm. when someone brings that footage, uh, because we know we can contribute and we don't, we're not ready for change for whatever reason. It's so hard to watch, a, I, I, you know, watch the video and then not feel your stomach churn. Yeah. So what would you say to women as you're sharing your story that um, I think you went vegan and then two years later, it sounds like maybe if you do the math, two or three years later, your husband joined you. Mm -hmm. What would you say? It, do you have any tips in terms of how we can be a little bit more um, patient or encouraging for our spouses? I think it's all about planting seeds, right? So just like if you're a parent, you can try your hardest to pump you know, your thoughts and beliefs into your children. But really what you're doing is planting the seed. So lead by example talk the talk, walk the walk, show them that, look, mm -hmm. I am healthy. I am eating this food. It's delicious. I'm not missing anything. You know, I think the biggest fear for people obviously is change. People don't like change. It scares them. Mm -hmm. Right. And food is the biggest thing. I think that people have a hard time changing for a multitude of reasons. We learn so much stuff from watching TV and from advertising, which is not in our benefit. It's mm -hmm. in the pockets of the advertisers' benefits, right? And they're going to say anything to make you believe that their food is the best or that dairy is the best for your bones, which is totally the opposite, right? Um, and so we grow up from small to thinking this stuff. And so to change that thought is really, really hard. And I have found that men are harder to change. And I don't know why, but they are. Um, love them, right? But they are harder to change for the most part. And I think just leading by example has been what's helped me the most. Uh, my daughter went vegan as well from leading by example. She's since then gone back to eating whatever she wants and meat. And I, I can tell a difference in her. I can tell a difference in her skin and her anxiety and all of that stuff. When she was plant-based and very clean eating, she didn't have any of that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think, um, women just need to, to lead by example. Mm -hmm. People follow us, even though they pretend as if they don't. <laughs> and, um, they look up to us including men, they don't like to admit it, but you know, we, we kind of are the powerhouse behind everything. They just, right. nobody wants to admit that. Um, so, and then just finding recipes that you can sort of incorporate every now and then that aren't, um, that don't have any animal products in them. Right. And, mm -hmm. and don't necessarily tout it. Mm -hmm. Oh, look what I made you a vegan food. You know, no, they don't want to hear that. Just right. 
look what I've made you for dinner. It's so delicious, you know? Yes. And a lot of times they're not going to ask questions. They just want to eat. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they're not, they're not looking for a specific thing on their plate. Most of the time they're, they're hungry and they just want to have food. And that's kind of where it can start is just making them a little meatless Monday meal or, you know, something like that. That's right. Also, um, I'm starting to have on the podcast more conversations about foods that are culturally appropriate. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we've noticed that people are more likely to ease into eating more plant-based foods if they can identify still with the flavors and the textures that they grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be just what's traditional in the family. It doesn't have to be necessarily ethnic. It's yeah. whoever, um, you know, whatever appeals to you and where you come from. Do your clients, for example, I know that you say you tailor some of your foods to them. Do they sort of request anything that's familiar for them? Or is it uh, our your food's just, they love them anyway. So, <laughs> well, they do love them anyways. But um, <laughs> one of the things I do when I accept on a new client is I have a phone consultation with them and I go through wow. a series of questions. And one of my questions is about the foods that they normally eat. So, what are your favorite things to eat? Is one of my questions. And they sometimes get stumped by it. Like, I don't know what my favorite thing is to eat. And I say, well, just think back in your childhood or think back to a special occasion, what would you crave? What would you want? And mm-hmm. so that's me trying to get to know them and get to know the the flavors that they like. Sure. And I have a series of questions about spices and um, like chocolate or vanilla, peanut butter or almond butter, that kind of thing, just so that I'm really starting to, to get to know that client. Mm-hmm. And then I use that to help me develop the menu. So yeah. I try my hardest to go all over the spectrum of foods. So I'll have the Indian food, the Chinese food, the Mexican food, American food. I have all of that. And what I try to do is incorporate one of each item into the menu each week. Mm -hmm. So if someone were to ask me, you know, can you make a, a curry or something that day? then I like to incorporate it into my menu. I can't always do it that next week because I plan my my menus out over the course of a couple months. Mm-hmm. And then I just tweak them as I get to that that week. But, okay. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever told you, but um, I, I think I did mention to you that there was a time during my teaching days uh, where a co-worker of mine, another school teacher, he would show up every day with delicious <laughs> Mexican food. And so I remember one day, another coworker and I, we approached him during a break and we said, oh, so who, you know, tell us about your food. And he said, my wife cooks everything from scratch every day. She cooks all these meals. Wow. So we said, if we paid her, do you think she could cook for both of us as well? Like mm-hmm. include us. Yeah. And so he said, okay, let's give it a try. And so we did that. And and the reason I say that is because most people would eat healthier if someone else cooked for them. Are a lot of your clients pretty busy? All of career them. Career oriented, busy, yes. running businesses and <laughs> all of them. I do not think I have a client who is not very busy. Um, and I, I think that's why they seek me out. Either yes. that or they don't like cooking. One or, you know, one or the other or right. both. Right. Um, but it's funny that you say that about the school, because when I first started Evolved, my daughter was taking my meals to school with her because that was her her lunch. Right. And so her friends would start to see the food and they're like, what is that? You know, where did you get that? And she went to Booker T. Washington, okay. which is the performing arts high school. And she had a best friend that was vegan and she could not find anything to eat. And and they're allowed to go off campus to find their food, right? But there's nothing around campus that's vegan or even remotely 
I mean, she, I think she ended up going to Chipotle every day because she could get beans and rice and, you know, chips or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so she started seeing my food. And so then she asked me, you know, Miss Wilson, can you make me some food? So I started making her food and then something happened and it caught wind at school. And I ended up having 10 of the kids want food every week. So they were, their mom, their parents were paying me Okay. To make their food every week. And of course, I'm giving it to them at a discounted rate because a lot of them couldn't afford the food, you know, but I don't want to say no to those kids who want healthy food options, which is sad that you have to go outside of school to get healthy options. Mm-hmm. They should be offered at the school. Mm-hmm. You know, but they're not. If I could cure all of it, you know, of course I would, but (laughs) I'm only one person. Okay. So just a couple of more things Mm -hmm. that I'd love to know about Evolved. First of all, I always wonder, because I'm a strong believer in mentors, Mm -hmm. as you've grown, have you had guidance? Have you modeled after other people that are successful? And then the other thing is, what if there's a listener out there who loves to cook? And is thinking about something similar to what you're doing, maybe starting to share his or her food with other people and creating a business out of it. Do you have any advice? Do it. That's my (laughs) advice. (laughs) Um, So mentors, you know, I started because I'm oil free. I started that because I took um, a plant-based certification from E. Cornell, and I started learning about Esselstyn and Caldwell and Campbell and Ornish and all of them. And when I started reading about what oil does to the body, that's what made me become oil-free. So using them as sort of a, a bouncing, you know, a landing board, so to speak, I learned a lot from them. And then... I just love to continue to educate myself. So I just took a course with Dr. McDougall and I learned a ton of stuff about that, which is fascinating, um, which I eat like that mostly anyways, but I don't serve that to my clients full, fully. I don't you know, follow his plan. But um, I also have really met a lot of inspiring women over the last two years. I mean, I'll be honest, women are so amazing and I never allowed myself to really tap into that. And I think it's an age thing. You know, when I was younger, I felt very insecure and very just like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk to those people, you know, but the older I get, the more I'm just like, I'm going to ask questions because how else am I going to learn, you know? And I've just been really, I've been introduced to some amazing women over the last two years and and just using them as bouncing boards has been really great. Yes. And and just supportive because they're here to cheer me on and they really are uplifting. And you, you learn that that's kind of all you need to fuel the fire, you know. So, um, but in terms of food, Instagram is a huge um, creativity-like platform. So if you use it appropriately, you can really find outlets. And there are people who do what I do on the same level. And so I really like to reach out to them and kind of create um, a friendship with them. And I've done that with several people who have really helped me along the way. Actually, the reason I changed my platform was solely because of one Instagram friend I have who I've never met in person, but I love her dearly. And I just reached out to her one day and I said, Hey, I know we kind of do a similar thing, but I'm really struggling. And 
can we set up a phone call so that I can just ask you some questions? And she's like, absolutely. So we did. And it's because of her that I was able to have the courage to change my platform. Because originally I thought no one was going to follow me when I went from (laughs) selling meals to everyone to, you know, more elite kind of Mm -hmm. um, customer base. And she just said, know your worth, know what you do. You know, you are powerful. You are good at what you do. You don't need anyone validating that. And if someone doesn't come along with you, it's either because they can't afford you, which is is fine, but that you can't put that on yourself. That's not something that's your fault. Um, or they just don't value your service. And she said, then they're not for you. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you just changed my business for me. So. That is yeah. true yeah. because you don't have to please everyone. There's always going to be an audience just for you. Of course. Yeah. And the uh, person that you reached out to on social media really played a, a role mm-hmm. in helping you and boost your belief in yourself and what you have to offer. Yeah. What about mentors? I rely heavily on having a community of women to just bounce ideas off of and to be a part of listening to other people be creative about things really is what inspires me. Mm-hmm. Um, and finding people who are really passionate about health industry has really catapulted my want to learn the same thing and to be able to provide that for my clients. So mm-hmm. if I'm looking for someone, let's just say I need to know more about diabetes because I want to be able to help someone that has diabetes with my food. So I will just research as much as I can and try to find someone that Mm -hmm. I really resonate with. And then I might reach out to them to set up just a Zoom call or something to kind of pick their brain. Mm -hmm. So I, and I have a, my Ayurvedic doctor, she is Christina Vargas with Simple Veda. She's here in Dallas and she is phenomenal. And she's been a really like very large inspiration in my journey. So she also helped me um, transition because she was kind of saying the same thing that my Instagram friend was saying. So, um, but they've been really great mentors. And then, you know, if people want to do what I do, it's, it's honestly, you have to just say yes, you just have to do it. There's, there's no other good advice I can give except for go for it. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? It's going to fail. Okay. But what could happen? You know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what I was doing when I started doing it. I'm not professionally trained as a chef. I've just been cooking for a long time and I love it and I'm good at it. And I know I'm good at it. And I know that I'm not the best I can be. So I learn every day and I try to take classes to get better and um, on techniques and things like that. But if you know that you're good at something and you know that you have a passion for it, you just have to take the leap, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the net will appear. So to yeah. speak. So, yeah. Yeah. I like that message. Yeah. It's, it's about just believing in yourself and continuing to work on your passion, what you love doing, especially I feel like the doors open a lot more being in this plant-based world. It's something that you touched on that is very important for me too, is understanding the power in being a woman and being part of a community of strong women. And I agree with you growing up, I usually have the one best friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and plus, I have three sisters. So <laughs> that's enough. In many ways, that's a lot with with sisters. But um, 
what I have learned, especially with the podcast too, because I sort of was like, where do I want to go with this? And in the last three years, I've been involving, evolving myself as well. And then until I just, I, I've had a coach as well who really worked with me when it comes to my business side. Mm -hmm. And, um, and she, she has worked with me and then I rebranded and, but what I discovered was that I want to help be a voice to empower women through my podcast, Mm -hmm. which was a little different when I first started. I mean, I'm still a vegan, I'm still plant-based and all that, but I, I love the idea of being in business. If you're plant-based, I love if you're a coach, Anything that you do to support people in our community, I think is very meaningful. And the fact that you're here in Dallas also is great. It's like, hey, because there aren't too many businesses that are doing what you're doing. I think I'm the only one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) in Dallas, I think I'm the only one. Yes. Which um, is kind of twofold, right? I love being the only one because I can tell that I'm the only one. But at the same time, I wish there were other people doing what I'm doing because I can't reach everyone and I I can't Mm -hmm. accept everyone. I'm only one person. I do everything um, in my business. So I do not have any help now. When I had my other platform, I had to hire help because there was just way too much to do. But I enjoy doing all of it by myself. I really put my whole self into it. So when I'm grocery shopping, when I'm prepping, when I'm making cleaning dishes, all of that, it's my love that I'm putting into to my clients' meals. And I know that they can feel that when it comes out. You yes. Know? And so I it's just mm-hmm. it's really great. Like it's it's so great. I love that. Let's talk about how for you, aesthetics is important. Your um, Instagram feed is beautiful. Thank so you. for you, you put a lot of time. Do you have experience in photography? No. <laughs> You're just a natural I don't have everything. experience in any of it. Um, I, am a, I am just a junkie. Um, I have said for years that you eat with your eyes first. So mm-hmm. I have said that Um, I used to say it to my daughter because I would make these beautiful plates for dinner and she would look at me and say, I don't know why that you make it look so pretty. I'm just going to mix it all together and it's going to the same place. And I said, one day you're going to appreciate the (laughs) fact that it looks pretty. So I know that I have, I've really believed that to my core, that, that you eat with your eyes first Mm -hmm. and that color gives life to your plate and textures give your palate life. And I mean, it's just you you sit down and if you see a, a plate and it just is blah and boring i mean you're not excited about eating that food it's just food right yes so i want my clients to be excited when they open the meal like oh my this is so beautiful i don't even want to eat it it's so beautiful and i've heard that <laughs> a few times which is is so great to hear but i'm like no eat the food it's important you know right, right. but um <laughs> But that is very important to me, aesthetics. And I think that comes from my design background just because I like making things pretty. So I also like making my food pretty. And um, sustainability has been a huge um, importance in my world. And it has been for a while. And when I first started Evolved, I said, you know, I can't, I cannot serve this in plastic containers. I do not want to be contributing to the plastic that we're using. And if you think about even since the pandemic, how much plastic alone has gone into the environment just since the pandemic, because it's been elevated, right? There's more takeout food, there's gloves, there's masks, there's all of that stuff, right? So the amount of plastic that is circulated in the world is 
is so ridiculous. And when I first started Evolve, that was part of my mission. And I had met actually a few people along the way from other states that that they were businesses too, but small businesses, and they were really focused on sustainability. So I had learned a lot from them and a lot mm-hmm. about how much plastic we actually have and what happens to it and how when you recycle, you think you're doing so great, but a lot of that goes right into the trash, right into the landfill. So that's a whole nother topic. Mm. But um, so I started seeking out other options and I found um, an amazing company called World Centric and they are completely um, compostable containers. So the lid the container, they even have like those little, um, ramekin style plastics, but they're not plastic. They're all made from plants. So from start to finish, all my food is plants. And (laughs) I love to be able to say that because we use a, we compost and we use turn, which is from Dallas. Mm -hmm. And I have a huge trash can size, um, compost bucket outside, outside my garage, but then they give you these little five gallon buckets too. So, I mean, we are filling the compost up and I'm excited because I can put my containers into that compost. So I tell people, you know, this is what I do. You're more than welcome to throw the container away, which is fine because in the landfill, it's just going to disintegrate. But if you want, you can rent it out and return it to me and I'll compost it. I don't talk enough about that on the podcast, but it is very important to me when you think about single use plastic, Mm -hmm. just single use. So I didn't know this. Um, You know, I guess we all evolve at different rates. And I remember once being at the fair that used to take place for vegans. And I was showing off like a drink that I got with a a kind of earth friendly straw. (laughs) And someone nicely said to me, Great job. Your glass is plastic. Yeah, you got to work on the glass now because that's plastic. That's like more plastic than the straw. Yes. But so it's a little by little storing your foods in in glass if you can rather than plastic. And what you don't know is you have microplastics in your food because it comes from the water. So, I mean, what you really should do is have someone on that is really well educated in that. And um, that'd be great. There's a, a woman who is in. California who started a company. It's face products. It's a jelly serum and it comes in a little square. Okay. And she is huge on sustainability. She knows everything you could possibly know about plastics and sustainability and products. And she comes from the, um, the skincare industry. So she used to be a rep and work in all this stuff. And so she knows like when you use your serums and everything is plastic or it's glass, but it has a plastic applicator. You know, I mean, there's plastic and everything. So she set out to create a company where start to finish, everything is completely um, sustainable, biodegradable, recycled, everything. And I met, I met her through doing a, um, a sustainability campaign that I did when I first started Evolved. And we've kind of become Instagram friends too. And she's really amazing. She is a woman owner of this business and she is trying to go far with what she's doing with sustainability. So she taught me a lot. And I mean, like, just like eating and watching videos, once you see Mm -hmm. what really happens, you're like, what, what, how do we not know this? How are we lied to about all of this stuff, you know, and there's so much greenwashing going on now. And it's, it's, it's really sad because people get very confused and you, you meet, like I meet people. I just met a group of ladies 
um, a couple months ago who I've become very good friends with. And we meet every Saturday morning for coffee just to have a little creative, you know, thinking group or whatever. And they always ask me questions about my food and about the way I eat. (laughs) And I love it. But to look on their face, they are just, I mean, they have no expression because they're like, wait, wait a second. (laughs) There's just too much information. And, and where do I start and how, how can I keep up, you know? And, and I just say, you have to start with one thing. It's very overwhelming and easy to get overwhelmed. You know, oh, I'm supposed to eat plant-based. I'm not supposed to have oil. I'm not, I can't use plastics. Like, you know, what can I do? You know what I mean? And I think for me, I just tell people like, start with one thing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. find something that you become passionate about or that you feel like really made a difference. And if it's food, I like to start with dairy. I always start with dairy. I tell people just two weeks, eliminate dairy from your diet Mm -hmm. and see what happens. Just see how you feel. Yes. It's, It's more of like an experiment, right? Because if you feel like you're if you have to do something, mm-hmm. your body's going to reject you doing it. You know, your mind is going to reject you doing it. Like, I don't want to do that, you know? But if you tell someone, make an experiment for yourself, play a game, see, mm-hmm. see how you feel. Go three days, see what happens. Go six days, see what happens. Now your six days is going to turn into two weeks and, you know. Right. So I think baby steps is what it takes because yeah. otherwise <laughs> we're like, wait a minute, I, <laughs> someone right. help me. My first year was very difficult, but there are even more resources now than five, six years ago. It's amazing. It's like, the, I just picked up a book. So, you know, there's a half price bookstore. Mm-hmm. So okay. close. Yeah. I go there often and I love walking my dog there because they allow dogs. And I'm always, I always go to the nutrition section and uh, Veganuary, which just happened. Mm-hmm. They have simple books there. I'll have to show you a yeah. copy of it. It was only like five ninety five, so I picked it up. I mean, I I subscribe to them. I get their regular um, uh, newsletters, and so they did like simple steps every day, and those are found in the book. Huh. But I'm always looking for something handy, and so I picked it up. I went through it, and I said, "Honey, if you ever know someone, because we're always working on converting, mm-hmm. if you know someone that could use this book, I I just want to I want you to know this is a great book." Okay. For someone who's getting started, kind of like Dr. Barnard's um, The Vegetarian Guide or Vegetarian Starter, which is very, very thin. Yep. I think that's doable. Something thin that introduces them to the basic instead of, and, and has simple um, recipes, mm-hmm. right? Instead of scaring everyone away. Because like I, I get a study, the giant China study right, book. That is so <laughs> it's intimidating and overwhelming. I and read that book and I bought like six copies so I could give it to people. <gasps> I do the same thing. And- I would give it to people and they would look at it like, you want me to read what? (laughs) I know. So it's tailoring in a sense, whatever works for people. I think that's, um, yeah, that's uh, so many resources out there. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners? No, I just want to reiterate that starting small is is so important because I think that people, like we just said, get so overwhelmed and then they quit, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's too much at one time for people. Mm -hmm. And I like to tell my clients that I'm an open book. So if you have questions, just ask me, but I'm the same way on Instagram. If you reach out to me and you have a question, I will answer it all day long. Or if I don't know the answer, I will find the answer Mm -hmm. and I will help you just because I want to be of service to people and I want to be accessible to Mm -hmm. anyone, you know, and, um, 
I sometimes think I'm getting myself in trouble because I offer too much, you know, and I've been told a million times, like, you have to have programs for that. You have to charge people for that. That's your, you know, you've learned this information. And I'm like, yeah, but I just need to tell everyone. Everyone needs to know. <laughs> but I also offer uh, pantry cleanouts. So I will come into your house and I will go through your pantry with you and show you how to read a label and show you what you should eliminate from your pantry. I also do grocery store tours. So I'll take you and walk with you in the grocery store down each aisle and show you why to buy things and why not. Um, label reading, I'm huge on. So I've done a lot of work on investigating what the the items in the ingredients mean and what they actually are. And so I try to teach people to do the same thing because you don't know what you don't know, right? And yes. when you go to read a label, it's it's built in a way that you don't read it. They don't want you to read the label because yeah. once you start investigating the actual ingredient, you will never eat that ingredient, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, I do that. So I teach people how to read labels. I do grocery store tours, pantry cleanouts, and I'm starting to do, um, in-home chef classes. So I'll teach you how to cook. I've had so many people ask me, yes. you know, they say, look, I, I can't afford your services on a weekly basis, but if I could just have some tools and know how to cook without oil, I mean, cooking without oil is so easy, but people are so terrified of it because they don't know anything about it. So mm -hmm. if I could just come in and teach them, then, then they've got the tool, right? So I'm starting to offer that too. Um, so yeah, just keep yeah. checking back and I'm going to continue to add services. So you've done all the research. Yeah. So you're the one that has spent hours and hours watching the films, learning what to eat. You took the eCornell course, which mm -hmm. is an excellent course. It's amazing. And course. I mean, just, I, I feel like I need another review of that. You've read the literature, you've mastered the recipes. <laughs> Why wouldn't somebody want to pay for that? Right. It's a shortcut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is a shortcut. And so that's, that has helped me. And just like I said earlier, teaming up with women who support women. And my yes. husband is a huge supporter of me. Everything I ever want to do, he is oh. my biggest fan. And he has, you know, he said to me when I wanted to switch platforms, I was terrified because I thought no one's going to, no one's going to follow me, mm -hmm. you know, because my prices went up drastically because now everything is completely customizable. Mm -hmm. So he said, listen, if you get one client, you're going to be making more money than you're making right now, working, killing yourself basically, right? Yeah. He's like, one, all you need is one. And after that one, they'll follow, you know? And I said, I was like, no, what if I don't have one? <laughs> Within seven days, I had 10. Oh my God. And so just believing in yeah. myself, I have really, over the last two years, really learned to just put it out there and believe in it and believe in me. And you know, it's like that movie, like if you build it, they will come. It's the same. I mean, it's the same thing. Right. But um, yeah, it's it's just you have to know your worth and and know that you have done all of that research already. Yeah. But I'm like I said, I'm here for people who want to know. And I love giving my information. I love sharing it. I yes. love helping others understand things and and be a resource. And yeah. so, you know, teaching people and watching them have that aha moment or how did I not know that this was happening? You know, and like my group of lady friends who meets on Saturday, I was trying to explain to them 
One, I was reading a label for them. It was oat milk. I was showing them that I'm very picky about what I put in my products and oat milk in specific. um, Most oat milks on the shelf have a lot of nonsense ingredients and they also contain canola oil, which is horrible for you. But there are two brands that I buy, um, Malk and Willis, and they both are literally water, oats, vanilla, and salt. That's it. That's it. Are they found at Trader Joe's? Because Trader Joe's tends to be a little cleaner. No. Nope. Nope. Um, Malk is found at Whole Foods, Natural Grocer, and Sprouts. <sighs> okay. And Willa's, I can only find on Amazon. Okay. Um, so I order it by the case. But, um, but that's all I use in my client's food okay. because I'm not putting nonsense products in their food. Yes, yes. So I was explaining this to the ladies and I said, hold on, we were at a coffee shop and I said, hold on, I I bring my milk with me, which is really pathetic, but I do when I get a coffee, I pour it myself because I don't want their milk <laughs> and I'm that girl and, and I'm okay with it. But um, I said, hold on a second, let me show you. So I went to the barista and I said, can I borrow your carton of milk? So I, I bring the oat milk over to the ladies and I show them my oat milk and their oat milk. And I'm like, look at the back. Look at the difference. Oh. In the, and so they start reading and they, on their, their oat milk, they couldn't mm-hmm. even understand half of the ingredients that were in there. But the second ingredient was canola oil. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, what, how did we not know this? And I said, well, because you're not taught to read a label. FDA doesn't want you to read the label, you know? Um, and so anyways, it's just education and, yes. and learning how to read things and learning that there are products out there that you can rely on that are better. Yes. You know, and this is how we learn too. I can't tell you how many guests have educated me on something that then I implement. Mm -hmm. Like I really go through my products now, like never before. (laughs) And I said on another podcast, now I have to worry about the fabrics Mm -hmm. and, and the, um, what, what the couch is stuffed with and all the other things. That's why I said it's so overwhelming. Yeah. It can be, my other guests said it can sound alarmist Mm -hmm. in many ways. Um, but there's so many things that we now have to take into consideration. But we start with with the basic. I think nutrition is the biggest way that we can enhance our health. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, what we put on our skin, right? Yeah. And then what we inhale. And, and, then, and then and then and keep then, going and, and keep going. Yeah. Okay, one more service that yeah. I wanted to ask you about. How do you feel about catering? I do catering. Mm-hmm. You I've do. done a couple events. Yeah. Okay. I love it. I love catering. I do I bring what I make for my clients, but only in catering form, but I also offer the aesthetic side of it. So I bring the flowers and the whole setup and I create this big, beautiful table. And you can find some pictures on my website of some past catering events that I've done. My last one was at an art gallery um, in the design district. We catered a little designer luncheon and it was perfect. Um, The artist actually had me in because she's vegan and Deborah Ferrari and she's amazing. (laughs) And so it was a lot of fun to do that because it was kind of like my past life and my current life merging together. So it was a lot of fun, but, um, but yeah, I actually met a very good friend through catering. Um, my very first catering job lat was two years ago and I was terrified because I was like, (laughs) I've never catered before. I don't even know what I'm doing, but it showed me that it, it, it's just another facet that I can offer. And so, yeah, I do it um, kind of on a smaller scale. I had someone ask me if I could cater a wedding for 80 people. I've never done that before and I don't have the staff for that. So I would say no to something like that just because 
I'm not set. I'm not prepared for that. But I think eventually once I got more catering down and I maybe um, teamed up with like a staffing agency or something to help me, I would definitely be interested in it. That's so, great. Yeah. But That's house awesome. parties I'm great with and all that kind oh, of stuff. Right. Yeah. How much notice do we need to give you? I'll, I'll follow up with an email. <laughs> follow up with an email. Yeah. So what's next for you? Um, I think learning to do in-home um cooking classes is going to be my next thing. Yeah. Um, I really want to do it. I have so many people ask me and I think it's just, like I said earlier, another way for me to help educate people. And I know that a lot of people don't want to have my service every week, but this allows them knowledge, right? Or mm-hmm. um, I'd love to cater like a dinner party for people. I have not done that yet. Um, I had a dinner party at my house last night and I did a whole spread and it was for um, one vegan and two non-vegans, <laughs> but everything was completely, you know, plant-based and oil-free and right. beautiful. And so they were kind of blown away. So oh. it's a lot of fun. It's fun to share with people and just really show them that it doesn't have to be boring. Right? Yes. It so, doesn't have to be boring. No. So, okay. So what is the best way for people to learn more about you? They might not be able to hire you because you're here locally. Um, But if people want to follow you, are you available if people have questions? Yes. What would you like to share? Instagram is probably the best. You can see everything I do on Instagram. I try to be as active as possible. It's I do post a lot and share a lot. And I am the only person who runs my Instagram. So you're going to get me when you ask a question. Um, And my website is Full of information. I spent an entire year developing that website. It's beautiful. It has a lot of really great info. Um, and then email me. So I'm, I mean, I am an open book. Like I said, like I want to share everything. So, and then I have had people reach out from other places and ask, do you know someone who lives in, you know, whatever state that does what you do so I can hire them? And so if someone needs help, I can always research and find people that do what I do. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to share that. And your website again is? Evolved-meals.com. Okay. It's a .com. Mm-hmm. From your website, you link over to the service that you use mm-hmm. for the composting yep. of your containers. Yep. And uh, you do have resources there that I think are important, especially if you just want to know more about what it's like um, for a company like yourself for example, uh, that works locally with the community to feed them healthy foods Mm -hmm. um, that are organic and gluten-free and (laughs) plant-based. We've shared a lot. I'm so excited that you're here in Dallas and that we're meeting in person for the first time. Congratulations on how well you're doing with your company. And it's very exciting. We now know that you are on our, you'll be on our (laughs) list of people in case we we do another event or something like that. Yeah, I would love to do that. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jess, for being here. Thank you so much for having me it's so great thanks you've been listening to the healthy lifestyle solutions podcast with your host maya acosta if you've enjoyed this podcast do us a favor and share with one friend who can benefit from this episode feel free to leave us an honest review on apple Podcasts. that helps us to spread our message you can also head on over to podinbox.com forward slash hls to leave me a voicemail don't forget to subscribe And as always, thank you for listening.